0: This episode of Bend the Knee is brought to you by our Bannermen, Lord Jason of House Ross, Lady Amanda of House Richardson, Lord Adam the Young Bull of House Parker, Sir Peter of House Whittingham, Sandy the Dragon, Blood of Queen Daenerys, and Lady of Jameson, Lord Brett of House Fry, Sir David of House Fraser, Lord Nelson of the Long Isle, Sir Joshua of House Ross, Lady Liz of House Hendricks, Sir Matthew of House Perry.
1: Ice and Fire podcast. I am Sir Matt the Bud Knight.
0: And I am Sir Ezra the Watchful. Welcome to our Song of Ice and Fire book club. Today we are into Daenerys 2 of A Clash of Kings and in our Maester study we will be discussing
1: the city of Karth with Lady Raj. Yeah as you know uh, we we, uh, actually this is the second time we're recording this intro because I was having (laughs) uh, some issues some technical difficulties over here but um you and I were talking uh, several minutes ago about um, it's been, you know, it's like it's like, it like 10 chapters in between these Danny chapters here in the in yep. the book. Uh, and that's kind of weird. And we we're, uh, you know, just saying, guys, if there's one character who I think is by far the easiest character to simply read through uh, like their POV, it is by far Daenerys because she is so removed and um, her story's pretty much its own thing. I mean, I'm, I'm sure it will change whenever Winds of Winter comes out. Uh, and as you get towards the Dance of Dragons, she does start to interact with some other uh, characters over there. But really, I mean, you could pretty much just read her story and... Uh, yeah, I think it's it's pretty centralized and focused because one of the things, um, and I think this was something that you and I both talked about when we were covering the first book Game of Thrones, was man, these Danny chapters. It's like you know you have there's seven, I think there's like seventy three chapters in that first book. Well, ten of those are Danny chapters, but you get them so infrequently that it's like you're you get all you get this one storyline going, 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 and then you jump all the way over to Essos. Which is like so far removed, right? It feels weird, mm-hmm. um, and I, I, I get I get that. That's why a lot of people don't necessarily like uh, the Danny chapters, um, just because it's it feels so so different until we really we start getting some of these characters over in Essos. Yeah, for sure. I think that's something George, you know, probably tried to do
0: intentionally. I think he wanted us to feel like when we went over uh, with Daenerys in. Essos and Carth and Marine and everywhere else that it was almost foreign to us. Like we get really accustomed to Westeros, we understand it, we're good, we got it. Like we really start to behave like we are Westerosi, you know. And one of our exiled, well, two of actually, uh, Westerosi, if you will, who are exiled. You've got uh, Danny and Jorah, you know. And so then we follow them. We're sort of like, wow, this is it. Just seems so different. Uh, and we'll, we'll talk more about it in the chapter, but just the names, uh, pronunciations, cities, customs, all of that is the, the way of life is drastically different. And so uh, I think it's kind of cool. It is it is exactly what he's trying to do is to show us that, like, this is maybe what it feels like to go uh, get outside of your comfort zone. So, Yeah.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's and, and her story. I mean, it's not like her story is a good I think it's a great read. Um, just once once you really you know start start diving into it and i think you know her story works really well uh just when you read it kind of kind of by itself and especially as you know when Arya goes over to essos and Tyrion and some of these other characters and you and then you kind of start hearing about the exploits of of daenerys targaryen you know khaleesi and all of all of this stuff um then that's and it's like oh okay cool it starts to just make more sense but there at the beginning i definitely get why some people may be kind of turned off by her, her story, even though I, her story in, in its own right is like, I mean, it's pretty hardcore. It's pretty awesome. <laughs> like, she's got a lot yeah. of stuff going on, um, which we're, we're going to get to today because we're now entering into her main arc um, in A Clash of Kings, which is her time at the city of Carth, which is yeah. where things really uh, heat up. Uh, yeah, I mean, they do. To, 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 <laughs> <laughs> to, to say To say the least.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, we'll get there. Um, before we do that, though, uh, let's just go over updates and things. How you doing? What's going on? Uh, I know we've got technical difficulties. No, they can't keep
1: us down. No one That's can true. keep us down. That's true. You know, it's so funny because it's like, you know, as and I literally have so much, you know, equipment and all this stuff and all this stuff we have to, like, produce, produce the show, both here on the podcast and on YouTube and I mean, it's like the amount of we're all we are constantly tinkering and and doing this <laughs> and doing that to try to make it you know that much better. And literally, it's like I've spent the past three days trying to figure out what's wrong with the main program that I use just to record audio. I'm like, what is going on in this thing? And it was like one little setting that got switched back when I. Um, you know i was trying i was in there trying to make everything better uh to be like okay can i can I improve the quality a little bit can i do this can i do that and um and i clicked this this button which is basically like anytime it doesn't hear audio it shuts down and so you know as will talk and then I'll talk and so if there's a period of time where As isn't As is talking, you know, for like a couple of minutes, um, then my program would shut down and I'm like, what is going on? Like this thing has worked for literally like <laughs> three years and now sud- and I was like, I said, uninstall it, reinstall it, and it installs that way. And so it's like you know, it's a whole big mess. And as you're over there with like you you bought some, you know, you got a new Cheers. stand for your for your camera. Now it's what like, a joke, you, yeah. I mean, <laughs>
0: What a joke. And that's that's sort of, again, um, you know, this is not a joke, Productions. I don't know if you guys knew that, the overall company. Um, because things like this happen. And we overcome it. And uh, although that's a piece of... I, I will literally go leave a review on Amazon about that piece of equipment. <laughs> I will... Uh, I mean, they can't even hold up the actual webcam that it says it's supposed to be able to hold up. Like, it's just such a joke. Sorry, that's a little behind the scenes. But, I mean, it's just... It's crazy. It's funny how Yeah, you're right. You know, you get all this this stuff and and it's um it's a lot. There there is a lot to learn and this has been a lot of fun. We've been working on YouTube and podcasting for gosh, years now. Years, yeah. and there's always something to learn and
1: and new equipment to you know, figure out. Yeah, absolutely. So, all right. Well, other than that, man, everything going good. Uh, you know, there's no yeah. real there's no real new ner- <laughs> news on uh Game of Thrones watch as we we still anxiously wait um yeah, yeah, you know, the wind, winds of winter, I think, man, everyone that's talking about it, though, is saying, OK, just we got to wait. July 29th, man, that's the that's the wait. Well, so what I didn't realize that, you know, remember months back we had that
0: conversation about um, the purchasing of the winds of winter dot com yes. or whatever, and that it tr- it changed ownership or whatever. And some people sit on these websites and they sell it for 10 grand or whatever. And it's it's crazy. Um I, I hadn't realized that he actually met with his publishers back then, back in November, right before that happened. And so I was reading an article. It was The Nerdist, I believe, or maybe Den of Geek. I can't remember. Um, they were talking about how there was a meeting. And then literally a day or two afterwards, the purchase took place. And I was like, let's go. <laughs> because I what I remember, maybe you you knew this already, and uh, we did we discussed it, um, but I, I totally forgot about that. I was like, well, that really kind of makes it seem like we're getting close. You know, we're actually getting there. So, it you know, it's exciting. I'm down to wait. I'm going to wait patiently. You know, just about a month and a half, I believe, uh, is, is the wait time to see if this is going to be an actual announcement
1: for Winds of Winter. Yeah, so. we will. Yeah, we will. Yeah, we will see. Um if he if not, then we're supposed to lock him, you know, in a room. It's what he said. to lock him in a so cell. So, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So we will see. Um let me see here. Let me let me talk think about what's going on over on our YouTube page, because we uh just man hammer out a lot of stuff. So um over there, guys, uh well one, I just did uh we just posted a new mead, meat and cheese, so you can check that out. But then two uh, we've been going back through. I've been kind of cleaning up our YouTube page and going back through. And, you know, you guys had over the over the years sent us some absolutely amazing ravens. And some of those um, get kind of buried uh, or lost, I should say, uh, in the follow up Friday episodes. So I'm going back through and I am pulling those out and just kind of turning them into smaller discussions because sometimes as and I have like a really good. You know, maybe be a 20 minute discussion and it might not even be in the episode title. So I'm going back through and I am kind of highlighting those, uh, turning them into smaller videos, uh, especially the ones that talk are book heavy, because uh, a lot of times, you know, we recorded all of those before season eight, essentially. And so I'm just I, one, I mean, it's 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 a way to kind of like highlight those because they're great conversations too. You know, it'll it will help drive some traffic to the channel, so that's always mm-hmm. that's definitely always great. But it is cool because I mean, some of you guys, you know, over the years, I mean, you guys have sent us great questions and you guys like have like very well crafted thoughts, theories, um, a lot of that stuff. So you know, we it's like you know, like hey, I want to promote that kind of stuff. So that's why uh, as and I are still asking for you guys. We 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 received definitely. Um, a bunch of ravens we want a little bit more and we're going to do kind of another just one time kind of follow-up friday
0: yeah and, and uh those i'll just tell people i guess so they understand why we were kind of waiting to have some really solid ravens um or just a few more because one we want to do a massive episode for you guys uh two i think and i don't know if people think this is cool or not but i love to feature something that's really solid like a really good raven Feature that on the YouTube as a standalone thing, so we kind of fade in, we fade out, and I, I just want to encourage those people like that could be your Raven uh, that we're reading on the podcast, and then again featuring on the YouTube channel. So that's sort of our our plan with that. Uh, depending on how the conversation goes, depending on which rabbit holes we dive down, it can simply be a question, y- your question, whether it's on Twitter or wherever else. That's something else. I want to kind of post a something on Facebook to where you guys can just maybe drop some questions in there about the series that you want us to discuss or theories you want us to dive down so just because I'll tell you right now I go back and I listen to some of those episodes and I'm like man I've never been more challenged especially like newly getting into A Song of Ice and Fire not newly I mean I'd read it and stuff but I, I remember going like holy smokes these guys are taking me from the start of the series to the end and then into into Winds of Winter chapters that I hadn't even read at the time I was like not gonna read those uh, now I've kind of given in and, and I've, I've read them, um, but yeah. So that was that was uh, quite a, a task, and I'm up for it again. I kind of want that uh, again because I remember being way more up on my research and was bouncing around. I mean, this morning I got up early and I said, okay, let's just march through Danny in a Clash of Kings. I got through the next this chapter and the next three, I think. Um, and so after this is over, I'm going to kind of continue on with that, that reread because you just got to keep it fresh. It is a big series and there's just a lot to cover. And I am telling you, I forgot how loaded these Danny chapters are. They're extremely loaded by the way, go back through with this lens of season eight. I know that may not be something people want to do, but I have been doing it and I am shocked at what I'm finding shocked.
1: So yeah, that's, man. I mean, well, I'll leave a, that. there. I mean, that's one of the things, right? I mean, we, you know, after now that after we saw season eight and we, uh, you think I started thinking about that Cal Drogo yeah death scene, right, where Danny's, uh, you know, putting him on the on the funeral pyre and then it gets lit on fire and it keeps saying the words bells, right? And it's talking about the bells in his hair and the bells and how she's listening to them and all this stuff. It's like, well, hold on a second. Now, I mean, you know, that makes a lot more sense, right? I mean, we got to think <laughs> yeah. about that. So.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. So, yeah, I got a few of those I'll point out here later on when we get to the reread. Um, things that I think are kind of reoccurring in Danny chapters that totally are um, a subtle foreshadowing. And actually, just to make sure people stick around, right before that reread, I'm going to talk about Hodor. And I'm going to tie that into Danny. So we will get there in a second. But before we do that, um, we are going to jump over to the uh, Maester study. Lady Raj is going to talk us through the city of Carth which will help us kind of um, set the set, set the scene, that, you know, get get more familiar with that with this setting uh, so we can dive into this Daenerys chapter. So over to the Maester's study. All right, Lady Raj, here we are in the Maester's study. And uh, I told folks we are going to be covering Carth. So um, let's let's get into it here. Let's, you know, see what you got.
2: Yeah. All right. So uh, looking into Karth, uh, we were discussing earlier that as far as like the text goes, there's not too, too much about it. But I did find the uh, wiki of Ice and Fire. I I think that's what it is. The wiki. I found it super helpful. Um, Karth is located on uh, the Jade Gates, which is sort of this uh, place between the Summer and the Jade Sea. Um, Pyat Pri describes it as the gate between North and South. The bridge between East and West, ancient beyond memory of man, uh, so magnificent that uh, Sosaurus, the wise, put out his eyes after seeing it because nothing would be so great.
0: That's what you do, um, right? Yeah,
2: yeah, right. You know, as one does. Um, I'm not sure that's necessarily as a, like great. Uh, it's a very exuberant expression of um, how great the city is.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
2: But it's sort of like, uh, later he goes on to talk about, who's um, it, Zaro talks about a, a wine so good that it the every other wine you have after that will taste like swill to you. Right. I don't really want to drink that wine. Um, yeah. <laughs> because then, you know what I mean? So I think it's a weird thing to say. Um, right. Uh, Karth is the center of the world. I agree. Um, it's, uh, the wiki had... Uh, stated that it's the gateway between Westeros, Free Cities, Slaver's Bay, Ashay, um, the Shadowlands, E.T. Uh, so it very much so is like geographically uh, the center of a lot of different places. So to get from, uh, you know, between point A and B is a really long route. Um, somewhere in Essos, you might end up crossing through Karth is, is sort of what I picked up. Um, <clears throat> the Carthine that's how you, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's what we call their people. Uh one thing I found interesting um was the highlight of the sorrowful men. So the Carthine uh Assassin's Guild, uh known to uh tell to their victims, I'm so sorry, uh, right before they, they go in and do their job. Um I found this very interesting when you put up next to the faceless men who go out of their way to be uh, to achieve anonymity. Um, you know, the as far as their victims go, they're just like going along their day to day and then they just die. Whereas the sorrowful men, they go do whatever efforts they have to, to get to you, but they have to make sure that, you know, like, Hey, someone paid for this. Mm-hmm. Goodbye. Yeah. Um, That's right.
0: yeah, different. They're different, aren't they? Yeah. It's like, <laughs> we're going to let you know. Right? It's, it's, it's a almost a weird, like a way to identify. Yeah. i think
2: it's a it's a weird it's a weird thing to want to highlight because um it's sort of like if you're paying for an assassin then like the job's going to get done um and it's very kind of like a narcissistic thing i feel to want your victim to know like hey somebody did this but like on purpose they paid for it anyway Mm -hmm. um uh, another thing just going if i can uh back up a little bit to the Carthine walls. I thought those were very interesting uh, to go into a little bit. They're just so intricate. The entire chapter is so colorful. Um, but so there are three walls that surround Carth. Um, <clears throat> the outermost is 30 feet. The middle is 40 and the 50 is, uh, and the third, so the middlemost is 50 feet of black marble. Um, sort of like a Byzantine style triple wall. Um, and as you go in, so the outermost uh, wall, it depicts, uh, depicts a bunch of animals, so like all sorts of different animals. So like zebras and elephants and camels and horses and so on and so forth. Uh, the middle wall, uh, so the, uh, is just a bunch of scenes of war. So I always pictured it as something like really gory and intense. Um, and then the innermost, the one that makes Danny blush, mm-hmm. uh, the wall with scenes of um, love and giving a giving pleasure and all these things. So. I just found that a really intricate thing that George goes into describing, and I wanted to touch on them here because I think it's cool. Um, Another thing, because through listening to a bunch of other uh, podcasts, I'm starting to understand the importance of different metals throughout the series. Um, And I'm not sure what it means, but uh, from outermost to innermost, uh, the latches and things on the gates um, go from copper on the outermost, iron in the middle, and then gold on the innermost. So,
0: Yeah that is interesting we, we were talking um so we kind of did this maester study afterwards just so people know because we were kind of talking in the chapter about the symbolism there what does that actually mean and you know um what is iron used for and uh where do we see copper and and why gold yeah
1: yeah and i let me, real quick let me just add that uh i'll say this again actually in the in the episode but um i or in the in the chapter I, I, it's crazy because I just pulled up uh, World of Ice and Fire, and thinking, oh hey, there's gonna be. Let me just pull up the chapter on on Carth just to see what it is, and there isn't one. Like there's one on all the other uh, kind of cities in in that book. I mean, you've got one on. Uh, I mean, gosh, you've got one on in the Free Cities, uh, Kohor, Pentos, Volantos, Bravos, the Summer Isles, Na. Uh, the Baskillus Isles and then uh, for Karth it says despite a long history little can be said with <laughs> uncertainty of the Carth uh, coffee, uh, right uh, people now gone from the world save for a remnant in Karth um, you know and then it's just pretty much about it really uh, it's just that there, there's it's kind of it's kind of like it's like a it's, 20 it's second part yeah it's like yeah. a 20
2: second part of the um, audible version of, of World of Ice and Fire It was very disheartening (laughs) trying to research for this. Um, But I I think one thing that uh, we can say about Karth as far as, as, you know, we as readers is that it's a very beautiful, very um, detail-oriented environment. And uh, it's a very, it's very over the top in every way, shape and form down to the fact that if you are expressing some sort of misgiving or guilt, for not being able to do something for somebody, you—it um, is a how, how does how does Zara say it? it's the mark of a civilized man to cry?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Um, everything is so over the top. The the way their their walls are built, um, the intricate detail that goes into their walls, and and this that and the other. There's just it's all so much, and in the middle of the desert.
0: Yeah, yeah. Can yeah. Uh, on, on that note, I actually want to bring up something. I'm not sure if we're going to talk about, like, any other styles, clothing. Can I jump in here? Yeah, that was my
2: next point, but please go for it.
0: Well, I guess as you do that, um, what's interesting um, about that, I'll let you kind of tell us what they wear and their styles and stuff. It's very revealing, Um, and like the people themselves are like exposed there's transparency, but yet it's a city of secrets, you know, it's, it's sort of shrouded in, in, in in mystery. Yes. Which I think is crazy. It's also out in like essentially the middle of nowhere, mysterious city, not much in a world of ice and fire, but yet the people uh, have this presence that seem seemingly um, everything. You should be able to trust these people. Danny in the chapter wants to trust Zaro and Pyatt. Well, sure. They've sworn themselves to me. Like they're, they're down, but yet Quaithe says to beware. So yeah, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, no, absolutely. That's actually a really interesting point. I never uh, considered for that. But um, so as far as their garb go, um, uh, goes rather. Had, do you guys know what uh, like an Indian sari looks like?
1: Mm-mm, I'm kind of no?
2: Okay, so um, anyone can look it up. But like the idea of it is um, so the undergarments. It's like a short sleeve top. It's, it's like a crop top, and then a skirt that comes up. Um, and the main part of the sari is, like, I think it's six meters of um, fabric with jewels and things all over it. And so the dress itself, like, the art of the dress, it kind of reminds me a, a little bit, like, a, of the tow later in the dance. But uh, it's to wrap it around your body over and over again. And then, so you do it a couple of times. You have your skirt. <clears throat> and then the uh, fabric comes up in front of you and, like, over your shoulder. And there are different ways to wear, it, like, the 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 tail end of it but when i uh, pictured uh the Carthing style uh dresses i always imagined kind of like a sari, but like without the the t-shirt crop top on, underneath so a completely non-revealing skirt and then just a sweep of fabric
0: mm, yeah. over
2: one breast mm. and not the other so yeah. just that's an idea of what i thought of um, <clears throat> i i also enjoy um the like little note of men wearing beaded silk skirts um it's like, even, even their day-to-day garb goes to show that they there isn't a lot of work being done by those who are able to wear these fabric or wear these cloth- pieces of clothing, um, which to me kind of makes me wonder, like, who, what? I'm, I I know there are slaves in Kars, but what do they do? I, I, I guess they're, they're a port city and things, so there's a bunch of stuff coming in that way. It's just there's so much over-the-top wealth and, and all this stuff about car like where's it come from like how i i get it's an ancient city that's been here forever but like how is it maintained to this point mm-hmm. you know or how close is it to d- dissolving
1: yeah
0: well yeah for sure it, it's a wonder i think they you're mentioning the walls too it's somewhere i think it's in a the lands of ice and fire which is the maps it talks about those walls being what, like one of the eight or nine, whatever they were, uh wonders of the world. And nine
2: wonders made by man.
0: Yeah. And so it's sort of like those are um you know, that's kind of interesting, right? That they're that they're that awesome that maybe it's just a diff it's difficult, it's a difficult city to take once the wealth is there. Um the pureborn who rule and run the city have somehow been able to keep it. I, there's a lot of magic and mystique. In in Carth, so maybe there's something, mm-hmm. something there. That's a good question. Yeah, like how 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 have they been able to maintain this? It's definitely something Danny thinks about uh, with her Dothraki. Like all they want to do is, you know, raid this this city. Possibly they would want to, yeah, uh, pillage. So
2: see what makes me think that maybe the Carthene are like closer to kind of falling apart than they might like to admit or show worldwide is is the fact that they are so hell bent on trying to get Danny. Um, so in the uh, the Undying chapter, or, you know, this entire time, Free is trying to convince um, Danny to come out to the house of the Undying. And, you know, later on, we learned that they're trying to keep her to, as, as sort of like a battery, like a life source um, for whatever they're doing. Like, there's so much mystery about Clark that we don't wholly understand. Um, but we do know there's something big working there. And, like, it, they somehow needed Danny and her energy force and her her kind of like tap of magic mm-hmm. to continue moving forward and so much so that when she destroyed the House of the Undying we see Pri later on in um, uh, the Forsaken chapter on a boat like he he had gone so far that he ended up in the clutches of Euron to try and, and get Danny back or get her physically back to Carth or do something about the fact that she burnt like the last
0: of the battery pack yeah, yeah, yeah you
2: know for yeah. Carth. i don't know I, I i just don't understand what keeps it like why is it still yeah. um it's it's just so interesting that it's a, like an island of um splendor
0: in the middle yeah. Of the Carth? Yeah, yeah. yeah 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 for sure well and and as you say um you know pyat priest sends since a sorrowful man after her like, it is, like, they're desperate. That like he does seem very desperate. Um, we talk about this later on in the chapter, actually, that yeah, this, is, this is, you know, just in the way we recorded this is a little different, but uh, I think at one point Sir Matt says, like, what are their objectives? What are their goals? Mm-hmm. And it's weird because in the show, it's presented more as, like, the 13 rule, and that's pretty much it, but there's way more uh, to it than that. The dynamics are um, really interesting between... The different merchant factions, yeah. the warlocks, and the pure, uh, pureborn. So,
1: yeah. So cool. yeah, I think. I mean, yeah. For me, I, I I just, uh, I think it's just really interesting, right? That it's you know, if you look, I have I have a map pulled up here, um, of just really, I think. You know, and we we'll talk about this a little bit uh, in in the chapter, but really, you kind of, kind of, you got to kind of look at a map of Essos because mm-hmm. um, you start to think about just how how much bigger, right, that Essos is actually compared to Westeros. I mean, yeah. Essos is enormous um, com, com, compared to to Westeros, right? Because it's like, oh, you think about oh the like Pentos and Bravos and all that stuff. That is like so far away from where danny is i mean it's like it's like the wall to Dorn i don't even know is as far from where like karth is to bravos i think it's further like it's it's a mm-hmm. further distance um away if you if you look at uh if you look at it on a map um, i mean so she's out there kind of like really i mean in the middle of of nowhere to be um you know entirely entirely honest i mean even valeria is like way far away from from karth it's like a lot further a lot further yeah. west um and you know it's just that all these cities that um you know we hear about right like et or, or you know lands like et and then ashai and stuff like that that's really actually a closer neighbor to karth then you would consider these other cities and in, in essos like pentos and myrrh and and tyrosh mm-hmm. and volantis and and um all of that stuff so like that's probably who they're you know why there is more magic there why there is mm-hmm. more um uh warlocks and all this stuff because it's, it's actually it's a lot closer there so that's probably really when we as you know, you just mentioned like in the show, it just kind of talks about them ruling, but there's these underlying kind of um, objectives and stuff like that. So that's probably why it is a bigger a bigger objective for these people, right, to kind of get like Danny's dragons,
2: mm-hmm. maintain some sort of like foothold in the realm of major areas that conduct a lot of magic.
1: Right. Yeah, because they talk about a shai, right? Like one of the things we yeah. we hear about with with a shai is there's there's supposed to be dragons there right in mm-hmm. in a well, Asha'i is a heck of a lot closer to karth than westeros <laughs> i mean you know the westeros is way on the other side of the map yeah
2: so. i need to get like a full like planetos map yeah i had a really long time ago i had just a westeros map and it was the prettiest thing in the entire world i absolutely adored it but i i need like a world map
1: yeah i right. use the one there's actually there's there's plenty online that are really good resources mm-hmm um
2: yeah i had one framed though and it was such a pretty thing so like i need it yeah, for like this great yeah. big <laughs> blank wall behind me right yeah here.
1: <laughs> yeah absolutely so
0: well awesome uh, yeah that's cool yeah. that is awesome yeah thank you lady raj we'll um continue our discussion yeah with you here uh after this episode so um yeah thanks it's awesome so with that uh sir
1: matt back into the reread All right. Yeah. Thanks, Lady Raj, for that maester's study. All right. Let's dive into the reread. As last time we were with Arya uh, in Arya 6, where eight days had passed before they were leaving a village. Right. Uh, Each day, one of them was tortured by the tickler for information about valuables and the location of Lord Beric Dondarrion. Finally, they are marched to Harrenhal. Uh, okay, so the last time we were with Danny, Danny decided to follow the Red Comet deep into the Red Waste to protect her newborn dragons. Many of her khalasar die before they find shelter in a ruined city. There, Sir Jorah Mormont tells him about his second wife, uh, Linesse Hightower. While her people rest, Daenerys sends her three blood riders to scout, and Jogo returns with th- uh, three strangers from the great city of Karth. This time, Danny too. There is a great celebration in Carth for the arrival of Daenerys' Khalasar. Zara Zaro Zohan Doxus provides her an entire wing of his palace. After a bath, Sir Jorah Morma arrives with a ship captain with news that King Robert Baratheon is dead and there is a civil war in the Seven Kingdoms. <clears throat> Excuse me, as you know immediately. I mean, just the summary of this chapter, right? You can yep. see just how, you know, you think about that. How much time passes? Because um, the Danny chapter, one of the things that's difficult about the Danny chapters is to say when do these take place, right? Because um, on what you know how long does information how long does it take information to travel? Because for us the reader i mean my god robert brathian's been dead for like 30 40 chapters right uh, i mean mm-hmm. yeah. and they're yeah. and and they're ju- and she's just hearing about it now um, and so it's like well hold on a second i mean you know like uh when is you know when is this taking place And so the comet is at least some sort of indicator of time so i it, it gets even more difficult once you get to A Feast for Crows and A Dance of Dragons because those books are really one book and they're kind of going at the same pace um fortunately there is a ver uh people have broken this down we've mentioned this from time to time um if you look up boy uh, a song of ice and fire boiled leather that's what they call it um is the is the the version where you could read it straight through as one kind of story and it makes sense um Mm -hmm. but so it is it's just interesting to see right it's like hold on we're just now hearing about danny's just now hearing about robert baratheon Right. It's like, yeah. man, he's been. Yeah. And so that's kind of that's kind of the thing we talk about with her chapters is doing it straight through like this. It's like, well, geez, man, I mean, he's been dead for 30, 30, 40 chapters. are am really into Danny, too. And so the timing can be I know that I know for some people it can be a little confusing.
0: Uh, yeah. And, and that's I think, too, we have to remember. And I, I've i looked at that um, that sequence, the, like the sequence of events that people have tried to lay out as like we think this is where um, things line up on the timeline but it is, it's tough because you do it does take time for that information to travel. I mean, you know, uh, you look at where the cinnamon wind is, and, and you compare that to uh, like previous chapters and stuff. <laughs> and right. you, you start to figure out, like, how long did it take for that information to get over this far east? Um, and yeah, it, it really helps you understand how vast the world is, that things don't travel maybe as quickly as we thought they did. Uh, or, or do they, you know, I mean, that's that, that, yeah. and and you're right though. Sometimes you're, you're jo- you jump into a Danny chapter and really you're, you could be going back slightly actually in the sequence of, of events. You know what I'm saying? Like you could be going back before another point of view.
1: Um, but this is, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of tricky, I yeah. guess. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, okay, well, uh, let's dive in here on the walls of Karth men beat gongs to herald her coming. While others blew curious horns that encircled their bodies like great bronze snakes, a column of uh, Kimberly emerged from the city as her honor guards. The riders wore uh, scaled copper armor and snouted helms with copper tusks and long black silk plumes and sat high on saddles uh, inlaid with rubies and garnets. Uh, "'Their camels were dressed in blankets of a hundred different hues. "'Karth is the greatest city that will ever be,' "'Pyat Pri had told her, uh, back amongst the bones of Vase Toloro. "'It is the center of the world, the gate between north and south, "'the bridge between east and west, "'ancient beyond memory of man and so magnificent.' That Sathos the Wise put out his eyes after gazing upon Carth for the first time, because he knew that all he saw uh, thereafter should, uh, you know, look uh, squalid and ugly by comparison uh danny took the warlock's words well uh salted but the magnificent of the great the magnificence of the great city was not to be denied three th- thick walls encircled karth elaborately carved the outer was red sandstone 30 feet high and uh, decorated with animals snakes sl- uh, snakes slithering kites flying fish swimming intermingled with wolves of the red waste and striped uh, zorces and monstrous elephants The middle wall, 40 feet high, was gray granite, alive with the scenes of war. The clash of sword and shield and spear, arrows in flight, heroes at battle, and babes being butchered, pyres of the dead. The innermost wall was 50 feet of black marble, with carvings that made Danny blush until she told herself that she was being a fool. She was no maid. If she could look on the gray walls, scenes of slaughter, why should she avert her eyes from the sight of men and women giving pleasure to one another? So, it is like, it's so extravagant. I mean, it's like, I feel, I see how some people could find this place to be like, you know, overwhelming, right? I mean, it's just like, it's just like, it, yeah. the whole city is like just big and grandiose and I it's one thing I, I the city uh, um, the city in the show I mean I don't think they'd really be able to kind of do it justice. so it's one of these things where sometimes you know you look at pictures of what the red thro- or the the Iron Throne looks like in the books right and it's like enormous and then you see it in the show and it's kind of small. I still think it's icon- it's obviously iconic and everything in the show, but this is definitely one that the, sh- the show I don't think did as well as uh, you know no, as, yeah. as, as being described in the books.
0: Let, let me tell you why, okay? Because HBO okay. doesn't have... They, they don't have the resources to do Karth the way it ought to be done, all right? I mean, three walls, like, they're super high. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But, it, I mean, it's, um, it's a magnificent city. Yeah, it, it, it really is. Um, Zaro, we'll find out later, is, has a, a freaking... Well, I mean, has, has a palace. Um, Illyrio's place looks like, uh, you, you know, it, it doesn't even compare. So yeah, this is this is an, an extravagant um city and they kind of call I mean, well we we talked about this a little bit, uh, but the it's this in between. It's sort of um I think one of the reasons why it's untouched and it's unrated by the Death Rocky is its location. Because it, it's, it's also this great trading port, but it's not uh, well the walls too. That's another big thing. These three walls that we're talking about make it really hard to kind of uh if you wanted to just, you know. Um, siege the city i guess you i guess you could but then it's sort of like a desert land outside of it you know i mean they've got plenty of resources on the inside um probably some good wells in there as well but yeah it's uh it's it's magnificent and um but i, I think it's hard i would think it would be hard to take you know Danny mentions like like um cal Khal drogo wanting to you know uh attack the eastern cities and this is one of those
1: so yeah you but. know i'm <clears throat> I'm looking here actually, you know, because I, 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 fortunately I have a, uh, I have a a digital version here of the, um, World of Ice and Fire because I was thinking about this. I was like, I don't think that Karth, you know, in the World of Ice and Fire, they break down all the cities. So they break down everything in Westeros, but then they talk about some stuff in Essos. They talk about the free cities and stuff like that. And there's not a lot about Karth in, Mm in the world of ice and fire as a city to get com- some kind of history on this. I'm, I'm actually doing a search right now. That's really interesting. Actually. Um, yeah. it's just, it's not actually mentioned a- at all. Just that it, it's a city, but they just say, um, you know, it's like a, it's a mysterious city and there's not much information on it. Huh? That's just, you have the, you, you, yeah, you actually have the, I have the, so yeah, you know, I, we, we, uh, we have the digital version of the world of ice and fire, right? Um, And so I just I did did a search for the word "carve" and it doesn't even come up that often. Huh. Yeah. Interesting. So maybe. Well, I mean, yeah. Maybe they. Maybe they. I don't know. Didn't weren't focusing on it, or they wanted it to be uh, wanted it to be mysterious, more of a mystery. Yeah. Yeah. Which I think is I think is fine because it has all of this
0: some these different factions when you look at like. The government being, you know, pureborn versus these merchants. You've got different factions in there represented. Um, you've got warlocks. I mean, you've got shadow binders. It's that in between. You know, you go much further east than this, which they, which we kind of do. Uh, we will actually, but to go far east uh, would would be all the way over to Ashai. So this is that middle kind of of you know ground here, just west of Karth is, is where you get into that, like the Dothraki kind of like the grasslands and, and where they, um, the horse Lords rule, if you will.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah, You know, I mean, there, there's more about a than there is about Carth. Isn't that, is that, (laughs) is that interesting?
0: Yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I, I didn't know that. Um, that, that's, that's surprising, I guess. Yeah. I mean, is that, and that's only in just that? I mean, I think we get maybe it's just because again we we visit. If you are looking at the series, you know, here in Karth we get a lot about its actual governments and, and its people and stuff like that, but we never go to a Shai. So, um, you know, a World of Ice and Fire has to kind of give us more, you know, give us a little bit more information about that. Right. All we do we meet a, we meet a Shadow Binder. We we meet people who have gone to a Shai and who have learned. Uh, from
1: those people but yeah yeah i don't know that's that's interesting yeah so real quick just here because i i am fine i'm finding this interest because i was literally i was just gonna pull it up i was like you know hey let me just look this up so i could just provide some history on it because just in 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 thinking about it and you know hey man i mean uh yeah they're just just not mentioned very much so interesting so okay well anywho so danny is now you know like she's she's being greeted and she's being kind of Everyone's kind of she's kind of seeing the city and, and all of these things, and she's meeting a lot of the players uh, here, you know, with Piat Pri and, and Zara Zohan Doxis that will be the bigger characters in her arc throughout this book.
0: Yeah, as she's coming in, um, they're they're treating her really well, right? Um, she goes through the gates, which were banded in copper. Um, the middle with iron and the innermost studded with gold eyes. Th- this city is uh, it- it's 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 magical in in some way. There's a lot of um, I think there are multiple defenses to this city. We d- we don't learn a lot about it. It's very ancient. I think if we talk to the pureborn who know more about its history and things, and we can look in- into this later. But it's um it's it's just interesting that they have those different metals to kind of those are defenses against what you know i mean gosh we'll learn later on that there there's weirwood in karth it's got everything it has absolutely everything it has that weird oily black um stone that people often talk about dating back to like you know um the the, the ancient empire that maybe stretched
1: all the way across to essos right and so, remember that that oily black stone is is what shows up on the the sea stone chair right which is, yeah, yeah and, and, and Pike, and people don't know how it got there and all of that. Yeah, so there is possibly, yeah, some, some other kind of empire that existed, you know, way, who knows when. Yeah, yeah, and, and another
0: thing, the um, indicator that this is a great melting pot is all the colors that Danny sees. So as she's going in, not just those, each of those gates was decorated, or those walls was decorated differently, uh, one a little higher than the other. Uh, there's probably some more symbolism there we could, we could pull out uh, if we spent some more time on it. And you looked at the gates. Those are different. And then as you get into the city, all these different colors, colors that she had not seen. She kind of feels like they look like uh, yeah, riffraff. I mean, they, they compared to everyone there. Like, the there's so much wealth and elegance in in this city just represented in the colors. I mean, it's hard to kind of get some of those, as she says here. So... Um, but yeah, then, uh, let's see, the Carthine lined the streets and watched them from delicate balconies and looked, that looked too frail to support their weight. They were tall, pale folk, again, interesting, uh, the tall, pale folk, in linen, uh, Samite, and tiger fur, uh, every one a lord or lady to her eyes. So again, a, just a city of, of wealth. Later on, she'll kind of start to think that she reflects that she's a beggar again uh in, in in this city it makes her feel bad she thinks back to Viserys and how he was called the beggar king and she start she will start to kind of feel like that in Karth which I think is interesting everyone even the small folk if you will in Karth are dressed um you know better than she is yeah so
1: yeah 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 absolutely and it, it, and that is something right I mean that's ultimately what she the, the position she gets put in right uh where she uh in in her time in Karth here which is you know like trying to convince these people that well i am i i should hold the seat of power in westeros right and they're like well you know we we only make good investments right and right now it's mm-hmm. what's to what's to say that you'll win some war way over there um, cause is, you know, I mean, it is like, it is way far away from Westeros, right? It's not like Bravos or something. I mean, and it's, it's, it's about as far east as you can go compared to, to, to Westeros as, as you had said as where, I mean, that's what she's doing here. She is, she is kind of begging.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, she is. And I mean, they were in a desperate situation. And so you had Zaro, uh, Pri, you had Quaithe show up to kind of see, who she was to hear, to, to see these dragons, to see this wonder. There haven't been dragons in such a long time. So the only thing that really gives her any like, like weight or a bargaining chip or whatever, is the fact that she has these dragons and they do have strict rules and customs. And so she is, it's, it seems like it's a civilized uh, city where you're not going to be able to just to kind of take her dragons from her. Uh, Zaro though is, is definitely trying to make an alliance with her because he wants he sees how valuable even just one of those dragons can be. So yeah, she she's in um this is a place where she'll learn a lot. Like a lot of learning happens and there's a lot of visions and magical powers and things like that are are kind of um emerging. But at the same time it's a dangerous place that she should not stay too long. It almost seems like the longer you stay in Karth uh, the more difficult it is to leave. Yeah. So she's not there for a very long, t- a very long time. She'll be there for the next um, two chapters. But uh, but yeah, there's there's a lot going on. So now I just wanted to to reiterate this. So she felt shabby and barbaric as she rode past them in her lion skin robe. Uh, so there. So there again. That's that's kind of how she's feeling. And then also her. Well, she's Khaleesi. This is her Calisar, right? We have. Those who are walking in with her, she wondered if they only saw this city as something to plunder, and she starts to kind of think about how that, like, like that destruction of beauty is just so—it's terrible, right? I mean, it's just—it's like look, look at look how pristine this is. Look at the history; it's intact. Um, but then, do these Dothraki just see this as something to to um, plunder? She even wonders how savage we must seem to these to these Carthene.
1: Right yeah absolutely yeah I mean again they spend this chapter itself first of all is not actually really that long Um, like the first like three page three or four pages is just talking about like kind of the beauty of you know of the of the city Um, and and then when she really starts to meet these people and you know so I'd say outside of Zaro, right who's kind of introducing himself and uh, um, you know he's going to be a big player in her story the next one really is Piat Pri right and yeah. uh, she sees kind of Piat Pre and then we start to t- talk about just about the warlock, right? And who this is. Um, yeah. You know, he's uh, the only let me see. She's saying, you know, we should need you. Uh, why should you need? Let me let me see here. Right. Uh, so Zaro's Zorro, is talking. He's saying Karth itself is hers, right? She has no need of um, babbles, right? Because Pyat Priest kind of talked to her. Blue-lipped Pyat Priest saying out to her from the other side, it shall be as I promised Khaleesi. Come with me to the house of Undying and you shall drink the truth. You shall drink of truth and wisdom, uh, why should uh, she need your palace of dust when I can give her sunlight and sweet water uh, and silks to sleep in? Zaro says to the warlocks, "The thirteen shall set a crown of black jade and fire opals upon her lovely head." The only palace I desire is the Red Castle at King's Landing, my lord Pyat. Danny was wary of the warlock. Um, the the magi, Mary uh, Miramazder, had soured her on those who played at sorcery. And if the uh, the great, and if the great of Carth would give me gifts, Zara, let them uh, give me ships and swords to win back what is rightfully mine. And so, you know, everybody here uh, has very different objectives uh, in Carth, right? Yeah, yep. I mean, everybody yep. here has very different objectives. Um, it is very much like the Game of Thrones, except it's it's played just in Carth. Um, you know, Danny's like, I just want ships and and men, so I can take back what's mine. Uh, and then, you know, Pyatpri has something else in mind. Uh, we don't get that get to that entirely into this chapter, but we do meet the warlock, and we hear about the house of house of the you know the Undying.
0: Yeah, so this is an interesting dynamic. I think um, there there are three people um, who come out to meet Danny. As, as I said, Zaro, Pyatt Pree, and Quaith. And it is Zaro and, and Pyatt who are trying to persuade her to take their path to join them. Um, Quaith is the only one who actually just warns her. She says beware and gives her warnings and tells her sort of what's up, gives her information, doesn't ask anything in return. you know what I mean? So you'll find out, Later, and I think it's fine to kind of jump ahead because we'll cover it more in detail when we get to Danny. And it's going to be a while until we get to Danny, so we'll have to refresh ourselves. But uh, you know, Zara wants something from her. Uh, he he he's going to want one of her dragons. Uh, Pyot, They want there is some sort of magical ability with these dragons, and and the fact that Danny herself is somewhat magical. They want her to enter the house of the Undying, and they want something from her. We can talk about what that really is later on but uh Quaith is the only one who seems to not want anything. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. She she seems to just be giving her this guidance. So I think that's interesting. Now, the other thing that's interesting is Zaro is telling us that um that there's a saying in Karth, a warlock's house is built of bones and lies. It's so weird because on on one hand, that is that's true. The the warlocks are essentially lying to her. But they are also offering truth. Uh, it may also require her to give up, you know, her bones. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, like, it's, you know, it's, it's one of those things. So, who do you believe? That's, that's what George is doing to us here. Like, who, who is she, if you're Danny, who do you put your faith in? Where are you supposed to turn? So, she tries to make this, uh, to, to gain something from Zorro. She'll try with Pyatt, and eventually then... We'll think back and we'll, we'll reflect on what, on what uh, Quaithe has said for a long time going forward. She'll think about what Quaithe says to her. Um, although, I'll say this, what happens in the House of the Undying is mind-blowing. I don't know if it's lies. I don't know if it's truth. And I can't wait to get there. But, so that's sort of the setup to all of this. is We've got a lot of these different factions vying for her, uh, her company, for her to you know, make an alliance with, with them. And I don't know if it's more just about like increasing their their status in the city of Karth. It seems like that because the 13 are not you know they have to go to the to the governing body called the the pureborn. The pureborn are in charge. These other factions are just there. And if you want something you have to kind of go through them. So that to me it makes me think that both of them are trying to increase their stock, if you will. Through her. Yeah, absolutely.
1: Um, okay, as well, let's, uh, so we have, so, so that, so there's really like, so that's kind of going on, right? You know, so then, um, she starts to, she, they, she ends up going right over to, um, uh, where they kind of like where they're going to be staying, right? And they realize, oh my God, this place is enormous, right? Like she was thinking, oh, it's just a wing of a, of a, hmm, you know, of a palace, but she's like, it's like the size of a market, right? So, I mean, it's like this huge, huge place where they're going and then this is where she kind of gets the news right like so she's she's getting she gets this news that robert baratheon is dead right and so mm-hmm. uh you know a lot of a lot of this stuff starts going on and then this is really where i mean it, it it's hard to say right because i think you know when we think of karth i think that we we think of uh the really the next two chapters right her time in the house of the undying and then um you know what yeah and then uh, you know well, what Quaith says to her, too, I guess I should say here. But, you know, there's there's an interesting line um, kind of here as she's kind of reflecting on uh, just Karth and also, you know, the fact that Robert Baratheon, uh, you know, has has been dead. Right. So, um, you know, uh, let me see. I, I have it right here. She's like, you know, the, she's like she's thinking about it. She says, the bleeding star led me to Carth for a purpose here. I will find what I need. I have the strength to take what is offered and the wisdom to avoid the traps and snares. If the gods mean for me to conquer, they will provide, they will send me a sign. And if not, um, and then, you know, it goes on into like the next thing it says, uh, you know, if, if it was near even fall and Danny was feeding her dragons, when eerie stepped through the silken curtains to tell her that Sir Jorah had turned from the docks and not alone, but just that line, those lines before that, right? Like, Karth sent me here for a purpose. Or the mm-hmm. bleeding star. The bleeding star, the The Bleeding right? star sent me here. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah. Right, is 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 leading Uh-huh, for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh and that the, that thought that's in her mind actually will if you it, when you actually read the book, you'll see a lot of stuff in it in that's italicized, and those are those internal thoughts that she's having. It's so weird too that later on those kind of manifest in the House of the Undying. But you're right, yeah, she's starting to believe this is a sign and a symbol again, this is only as you said, it's only her second chapter and we were talking for weeks about the comet mm-hmm. and what it symbolizes. what does it actually mean? Everyone has uh, different takes on that uh, but she believes it's led her here to a for, for a reason really I, I, it's it's the, the, the dragons are what saves her right And this this is the thing that she's she's gonna she has learned a lot in this whole in this chapter. She starts talking to Jorah about how she's not a little girl anymore. He looks at me like a girl. He doesn't quite look at me as his queen yet. And so she's making it, um, more and more. She's reminding Zorro, Jorah, um, Pyatt. I am not this little girl that you think I am. They're not seeing her the way that she wants to be seen. So at first she's kind of, she's growing. She's, she's evolving as a character, um, but eventually she's, she's going to get that, gain that status. And it's, it's weird. It's kind of like as her dragons grow and her power and her knowledge and her, her influence will grow. And then people start to say, oh, this, this is, although they're calling her the mother of dragons, there's not really yet that respect. And they see that she's in a vulnerable place. The dragons are vulnerable too. And they're trying to take those. They will try to take those from her. So, yeah, I get what you're saying. It's, it's this whole, her whole arc is, I think if you, if you pay attention to what she's thinking, um, she's looking for these other signs. She even says in Karth in she wants another sign. She needs another sign to kind of continue to move forward. Um, characters oftentimes will look outside of themselves for signs and, and see what do I need to do? Who's going to tell me what to do? But it's once they start to look inside of themselves that they realize I have everything I need. And then that's when you'll really see a character kind of take off.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So. Yeah, I mean that, and that's it's interesting to think about it because when you her arc, right, and especially her time in Karth here, uh, and and what it is that she she learns here. I mean, one, it's the dragons and kind of this. Okay, the the magic, right, is 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 what's going to kind of propel her forward. It's also that Robert Brathian's dead, right, and so she gets this kind of. You know, I mean, she I mean, just think about where she was two chapters ago. OK, right. So mm-hmm. two Danny yeah. chapters ago, she uh, kill. essentially, you know, I mean, he's pretty much already dead. Right. But she, you know, says goodbye at least to Cal to Drogo um, and she herself is going to step on this funeral pyre. Right. Uh, I mean, everything mm-hmm. seems lost. Uh, I mean, and then one chapter ago, she's literally wandering around in the desert alone you basically you know she doesn't have Cal Drogo anymore um she could be captured by a new Dothraki group at any moment uh and now here she is and she's like in at least some sort of safety for the time being and now the threat of Robert Baratheon who you know potentially sent a poisonous uh you, you know somebody had tried to have her assassinated is is gone mm-hmm yeah, exactly. There's there's a new energy to her. And
0: so Jorah will tell her this changes nothing, you know, because Joffrey is going to sit the throne. It's still, we still have to keep, keep our course. But she is starting to see maybe, I don't know what, what Jorah doesn't see. I think he's just more, he's a guardian. He wants to take care of her and protect her. But she's seeing a realm in chaos, potentially. And I don't know that she even knows that necessarily. That's not reported to her, but... We kind of know that, I guess. And so maybe that's that's me pushing that in on, on Danny, and I shouldn't. But I think she's there's a new excitement to her uh, wanting to go take advantage of this. He's he's dead, and there's some mention that... Well, actually, the, the uh, part that you're referring to is who killed Robert? You know, was it his yeah. wife? Was it his best friend? That's She does see that chaos. She doesn't know the full extent of it, but, oh, this is a chance for me to walk back in as the dragon and... You know, people I mean, Viserys was telling her for, for years that people are uh, singing in the streets, wanting the
1: Targaryens to to return. Yeah. So, yeah, and le, and le, yeah. yeah. Let me just let me let me just uh, I'll just I'll just talk about that real quick because I, I do think it's kind of I do think it's kind of interesting just to see a totally outside perspective on on what has happened in the in the Seven Kingdoms. Right. Uh, he's, You know, he comes in. He's like a gift of news. I tell you truly, Robert Baratheon is dead. Right. She's like, you're certain the usurper is dead. Um, he sent me poisoned wine, yet I live and he is gone. You know, what's the matter of his death? Torn by a monstrous boar whilst hunting in the king's wood, or so I heard in Old Town. Um, others say his queen betrayed him, or his brother, or Lord Stark, who was his hand. Yet all the tales agree Ro- King Robert is dead in his grave. Um, you know then she says, "Yeah, you know who, you know the boy sits the Iron Throne now." Sir Jorah says, "King Joffrey reigns." Uh, Cora Moe agrees, but the Lannisters rule. Robert's brothers have fled King's Landing, and the talk is they mean to claim the thro- the crown. And the hand has fallen. Lord Stark, who was Robert's King Robert's friend, has been seized for treason. Yeah, you know she said, uh, <laughs> "Jorah, sir." Ned Stark, a traitor, not bloody likely, right? He says, you know, the long summer will come again before that one would besmirch his precious honor, which, by the way, is a huge, uh, you know, Mm -hmm. just Ned's another. There's another person on the total opposite side of the world uh, Mm -hmm. and saying Ned Stark is the most honorable man ever. So, you know, for all those Ned Stark theories, here's just some more proof to that line. Um, he says, "You know what honor could he have?" Danny says, "He was a traitor to his to his true king, as were the Lannisters." Uh, it pleased her to hear that the usurper's dogs were fighting amongst themselves, though she was unsurprised. The same had happened when her Drogo had died and his great Calisar tore itself to pieces. My brother is dead as well. Viserys, who was the true king, she told the Summer Islander. Uh, you know, and so it's just. It, it, way over here just hearing what is going on over in westeros right and like it is kind of what's what's going on i mean uh and just how that information is is passed on and just the way the the way the story is told like how the rest of the world is hearing what's going on in westeros
0: yeah yes for sure yeah i know it's 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 fascinating to kind of think about like just how diverse how different they are and um Yeah. So it's, you got to follow the cinnamon wind too. I mean, it, it, it will, um, it goes everywhere. (laughs) It goes everywhere. Yeah. And, and she says at one point, like, you know, when will you be able to get word back to them or or whatever? And he's going on the trading route. So it's going to be like a year before he can even get back there. But, uh, that's interesting. So, so yeah, she's, she is ready, ready to go. Um, there's a few things. Let me know when when you want me to do this because I've got some cool connections no, in this go, chapter. No, there. you can you, you yeah. can go right
1: ahead. Yeah, because because the most I mean that's pretty much the, mostly the chapter. It's a, right. it's actually a pretty short chapter. Right.
0: She gets that information and essentially she's being told to kind of um, be careful. Jora's like, no, this changes nothing. She says this changes everything. You know, and, and so there's that. But let me just let's just do a a big kind of takeaway from this yeah. chapter. A couple of things. So number 1 if you go and you search the word poison on a search of Ice and Fire for Clash of Kings and you look at the chapters that it that it you poisoning is a big deal in this book this like a, it happens there there's there's a lot there's a lot we were talking just <laughs> there was a Tyrion chapter the word poison was used and it was really just a uh something that caused Cersei to you know not be able to to attend right. the it's king's like a council accident, basically yeah Yeah so the Dothraki the Dothraki talk about the poison, wa- poison water, the poison sea, not wanting to cross it. Um, later on, Zaro uh, will give her. Well, Mel- Melisandra earlier on in this book, uh, you know, was able able to overcome a poison. Right, uh, was able to drink her her glass. Well, I think it was Maester. Was it was it Coleman or? Uh, I forget the maester's name, but uh, that who ended up dying because uh, he was trying to poison Melisandre. So that's interesting. That's a whole rabbit hole that maybe we'll go down in the extended edition because I it just keeps popping up, man. It's just popping up everywhere. Um, Zara will give her something later on that she can wear around her neck that will that will kind of help her in case someone tries to poison her, which he tells her they will. Um, one of the things. Let me go back here. Yeah, that they, they talk about Pyat Pri's poison his poisonous words and, and the poison in drinking the, um, uh, what is it called? The nightshade, the, uh, -hmm. yeah, where their lips turn blue. Yeah. So, so I'm just like seeing this over and over as I go through, I got my highlighter and I'm just highlighting in this chapter. and I'm just like, what the heck? (laughs) So it's funny. This is why you do a reread. It's very interesting. Now, something else here. I want to mention this before I forget so Danny often is reflecting in this chapter about King's Landing. Okay, uh, she's thinking, and I'm I'm going to put my my season eight lens on here for a second. So she's thinking about season eight. Or I'm sorry, she's season. I'm thinking about season eight. She's thinking about King's Landing. Um, but she she keeps thinking about like the types of people that she wants there. Okay, um, she says at one point in this chapter that she wants to f- um, to fill it with. The, the same type of people here in Karth. fat people, <laughs> happy people with you know, these these lavish clothes. Um, she says that she has no wish to reduce King's Landing to a blackened ruin full of unquiet ghosts. Yeah. are you kidding me?
1: That's pretty hip. That's let me read
0: good. let me read that again. Danny had no wish to reduce King's Landing to a blackened ruin. Full of unquiet ghosts. So, but she, and that's just one reference to her. She she dwells on King's Landing so much. Um, she'll th- later on when she goes in. Well, maybe it's this chapter when she goes to, to Zaro's, uh palace. Yeah, and she gets in the pool with the fish who are nibbling at her skin. Right. She hopes that uh, that the Red Keep will have a similar pool. Um, so many different. There's so many different little nods that as you go through it, you're sort of like, wow. Uh, she thinks about King's Landing a lot. She thinks about the people that she's around now and how she would like them to be there. And she thinks about the things that she wants in that city. And then she's also thinking that she doesn't want to burn it down. Later on, I think it's in the next Danny chapter, she thinks about um, how she doesn't want to go mad and that her brother seemingly went mad and that because he was a beggar and was begging that that's what drove him to that place and she does she wants she does not want to go the route that he went she will not be a beggar queen and that's sort of what is going to propel her to leave Karth and say no I have dragons I had you know except she gets the knowledge she needs the truth and then she moves on but let's go back to one of those people who 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 talks truth to her and that is Quaithe so um I, anytime I, it's it's almost as bad as like back to lady stoneheart it's like back to Quaith with me so i just like right. I, I love to go back there and look at this and and remind folks that again she wears that that lacquered kind of red mask um she has those watery eyes uh and that she was the last of the three seekers to depart uh from danny in quaithe and she is a shadow binder it actually says she is a shadow binder and Danny ponders over what she is saying. Um, And this is, again, just more of her development. She goes, I don't understand. Pyat and Zaro, they showered me with these gifts and these promises, you know, um, just upon this first glimpse of dragons. They had declared themselves like her loyal servants in all things. But from Quaith, she had gotten only rare cryptic words, and it disturbed her that she had never seen the woman's face. And then, remember Mira Mazdor, she told herself, remember Treachery. So now now you go look up the word treachery and you start, you're I mean, we talking about bells at the beginning of this, and you start to look at these reoccurring thoughts and themes and things that she's thinking about. She thinks about the bells in the hair of, um, of Khal Drogo. Uh, she thinks about her brother, Viserys, and what happened to him. She thinks about treachery. Go look at this up. She thinks about treachery quite a bit. And actually, um, she, she al- she's already thinking about that here And Quaithe does nothing but to kind of uh, pull some fuel on that fire. She starts to think of it. She is on guard going forward. She's on guard because of Mir Mazdor. But Quaithe, who I think is actually giving her good counsel, she is now questioning. And she'll grow to kind of maybe trust what she's saying a little bit more. But yet it causes her to be more paranoid. So... Anyways, I just find it all interesting. I'm not trying to make an actual, like, uh, statement here that Danny is going to go mad or go crazy. I'm just pointing out things that now I'm, I'm catching and I'm seeing them more than once. I'm not just seeing them one time. And I did promise folks this. I promised you the Hodor tie-in at the beginning of the reread. I'm going to do it now. Um, uh, we just did, it was an extended edition, wasn't it, Sir Matt, where we were talking about Hodor? Absolutely, it was. You remember this? Yeah. Yep. So um, we were talking about what he's going through and and like how... Really what we're doing is we're trying to say what evidence was there that Hodor meant hold the door? Yeah. You know, like how did you get to that? And when you go look up, if you do a search of ice and fire and you look up like holding the door or hold the door and you look at that in relation to Hodor, there is literally, I think, only like one or two references... To it, And it's so subtle that it's, it's just, um, it, it's, it's wild. Um, uh, let's see, there was one where he is, um, yeah, where Hodor had grabbed hold of a, a door and he pulled it and he was grunting with the effort of, of pulling this big heavy door. Nothing happened. He tried to push no, no, no more success. There's two instances where Hodor is pushing, um, or pulling on a door. Okay, so there's there's two of those. That's it. And then there's one more um, time where Hodor is, remember this, He was he's in a dream and Hodor, uh, Bran is listening to Hodor who is dreaming and he said it was the first time Bran has ever heard him say something that was oh, not Hodor. Yeah. But it yeah. sounded like Hodor. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think it's in a storm of swords. And so you're telling me that This guy has been saying Hodor for two to three, you know, two books, and and then, well, yeah, uh, and and then in the third book we're gonna hear this where we get one indicator that he is saying something other Other. than Hodor in his sleep. Now that is so subtle, that is such a subtle, subtle, subtle reference to something that is super epic that's gonna happen later on, that I, I it has now challenged me to say what are those things that are literally so subtle that you would say, Sir Ezra, you're you're crazy. You're being uh, paranoid. You're you're overly watchful. Um, it, <laughs> Like, you can't just pull out one line and say, oh, yeah, that's going to confirm what we see in season eight. No, I can't. don't know, man. Yeah, I can't. don't know. I'm starting to say, like, there are certain things that they said this is the outcome that we're going to get. We're going to talk about our polls here in a second as we get into some of our... Uh, air quote our ravens we've been doing polls for that as we collect more uh for our ravens nest or for our follow-up friday session but um yeah as i as i look at these things and i see her saying things i see danny saying things like you know that she she did not want she did not want to reduce king's landing to a blackened ruin full of unquiet ghost why does she think that well, like, and then, so y- y- that's intentional. You, you put that in there for a reason. Why? Because the Dothraki do that. That is something that they do. That is at her core. You know, they do go to these cities, they plunder and, and they, they will ruin these cities and then they make their own. Dothrak, they bring it back to their own place and they create their own home. And she is strongly tied to the Dothraki, like she loves them in, in in an odd way. She almost forgets that she was sold to them, you know, by Illyrio. She says that to Jorah later on, and it's like, man, I can now you, you start you have to really understand Danny and and these these complexities because it is a part of who she is, and it's going to um, influence her decisions as she moves into these big cities and plans her invasion of Westeros. So. That's all I want to say on that, I guess, for now. Um, I brought up the Hodor thing just to show you that there is literally – there's only a few. There's only a few references to it or a few nods to Hodor, meaning hold the door. What was the
1: thing we said? It's like like Hodor is what he says, right? It's what what he says. It's not his name. It's not – and that's been in front of us. in a Game of Thrones, yeah.
0: Yeah, that's been in front of us from the beginning. I don't, I, when I first read it, didn't quit. he just says, okay, he's uh, clearly like, you know, maybe he had some traumatic injury or he was born this way or whatever. But like, as far as everyone knew and as, as far back as they could remember, um, he has always said Hodor. We never thought about why does he say, you know, Hodor. And that's what we should have been thinking about. Why does he say it? And it's just, that's not his name. <laughs> but yet we now, then then once our characters start calling him Hodor... Well, then we forget that Hodor has significance. You know, it's that kind of complexity, and it's that type of thinking that George is doing. That's why I've always said, let him finish these books. Let him be the master writer that he is. Um, the the little nods to Wherewood being in Carth is amazing to me. Later on, I when I when I saw that, I was just sort of like,
1: wow. Um, well, you the connection know, to I, the you House know, of God. Now black I want to go back. Too. Now I want to go back, and I want to look and see. In Bran chapter three, does he possibly see Carth? Right. Where oh yeah, he... we 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 gotta yeah. We're gonna have to kind of look and yeah. There's there's because to see to see now it's like well hold on a second yeah. If there's weirwood and all these other places, is that why he possibly sees it? Uh-huh. it, it yeah. I, I don't know that he does or not. I'd have to I would I'd have to go back and study that chapter.
0: Well um, and, and then and that, yeah you yeah that specific, yeah
1: because yeah, that specific chapter that Bran says you know all kinds of crazy things where he sees all these different things all over the world.
0: Yeah. And, and then we need to, like, we got to broaden our lens too, because it's not even just like there's the Weirwood network, but then you look at what Pyatt and these guys will do. And you look at what Quaith and other people were able to do with, you know, bringing like, well, with um, glass candles and stuff. And you look at the house of the undying, the visions that they have there. And you look at brands, the opening of a third eye versus being connected to the Weirwood network. Like what's the difference? What, what, like, why, how are they, how are they the same and how are they different? Um, is fascinating and we don't have all the answers yet on it. So, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, anyways, I don't know, just cool connection stuff that I got my, you know, I'm going to have to take a picture of my book here cause you would not believe the highlighting job that I've done
1: on this chapter. It's insane. Oh, Hey man, that's great. That's great. Good. Yeah. yeah. Well, now we'll, now we'll, we'll have to, we'll have to dive into it. So, all right, as well. Yeah. I mean, I, that's, that's most, that's mostly this chapter, uh, just in terms of the summary and everything that kind of happens. Right. Um, so, um, as as we want to dive into the polls here, here we have,
0: absolutely man. Yeah. So like I said, we're going to do, um, I've been running some polls on Twitter. Um, they are challenging polls. Essentially. I'm challenging people saying like, look, this is what we saw in season eight. Do we think that's going to happen in winds of winter or a, a dream of spring? Do we actually think that's going to happen? Yes or no. And it's been interesting because the first question I asked was, will Daenerys Targaryen burn down King's Landing in winds of winter and, the final tally on that the answer is no 53% said no she will not do that um and then 46% said yes that she will so yeah that's fascinating right okay now this one uh I asked here back on June 7th will Brand sit the Iron Throne in the books the and I said specifically the Iron Throne um 55% Say no. <laughs> um, you know, uh, 44% say yes. So, to me, that's interesting. Sir Matt, that's interesting that... that, um, that and I, that, again...
1: That, yeah, that people, yeah th- that
0: people think it's going to be different. Because I do, yeah, too. Yeah, they think it's going to be different. Yeah. Too, yeah. Right, and so, again, it's like, maybe, maybe he's going to be king, but maybe he's going to be the Night King. You know, maybe he's going to be king, but he's going to be the king of winter. You know, um, from Winterfell. Maybe he won't sit on the Iron Throne. Maybe there will be a ruler... Um, you know, that whole Sansa bit, I hate to say this, but I mean, I hope that's true in the books. That would be so epic. I would love to have a queen, you know, a queen of the North. I, I think that would be awesome. Do I think George is going to do that though? No, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, like you, it's, it, it would be kind of, you, you, we're thinking Danny is going to be the queen who sits on the iron throne. We're going to get this, we're going to get this awesome epic queen that we can get behind. And it's actually Sansa who ends up being queen. You know, like like that's be, the kind of would, stuff he No,
1: it would, it would be great. I would be I would be that,
0: all for right. it. That that's what he does. That's what he does. I I think people were sort of like, "Wait, the Starks rule in King's Landing and they rule in the North? Is that likely to happen?" I don't know. Um and so that's why I I put that poll out there because I get that he is this boy who is going to be king that is i guarantee you in some way he's going to be a ruler or a king that seems like what maybe george had told them that would be such a crazy change
1: bran, if that was hey man, not Ga- a game of thrones first chapter bran right i think i mm-hmm. think that's he said he talks about bran's the hardest character to write i mean i think uh, yeah. I yeah yeah um that's just yeah yeah I, i'm therapy. not see yeah again i'm not opposed to bran becoming king of the whole thing right mm-hmm. I mean I think that that I think that's that's totally fine because it, he's the he's who the first chapter is about I mean that's the first the first character that he thought about if you go watch interviews where Ger talks about writing the series he says he's wat- a boy watching his father execute a man is is was the was the first idea he ever had for a Game of Thrones for the whole thing a Song of Ice of Fire. That's how it started. Was that was, the, was that opening chapter? So yeah, Brand Bran was the first character he created, right? So right. I'm I'm fine with Brand becoming king. It's just I, I, again, I think well, it'll be more detailed. It'll be different. It'll be better in the books because it'll be more. There'll be more surrounding it, right?
0: Right. Exactly. Um, yeah, I know. I know, man. So that's where I was. I was going like, uh, yeah, he's a significant character. It for me would be hard to see Dan and Dave. Now, for some people, they're saying absolutely they would change it. George told them that, you know, uh, Bran was going to do this, and they said, nah, screw that. (laughs) I mean, some people think that of those guys. I just think it's very hard for those those core POV characters to, now, again, sequence of events or being king in a different spot or in a different way, I can see those things happening. But I think if you say Bran's king, but again, if that's all you were told, King of what? King of where? You know who, when? When does it happen? It just depends on how much you were given, uh, how much information you, you you were given. I think Lady Raj at one point talked about wanting to get uh, a copy of that outline or that doc yeah. that was given. I, I would love was given to do that. Guy. It'd be amazing. It would just be like here are well, the major you know,
1: points. And, and, you know, so here's something. I was thinking about that the other day, right? Like, well, you know, I mean, and I don't know, I don't know if I said this or not, right? But okay, so in a world of ice and fire. Uh, Gurr wasn't willing to tell the people who are writing this big book, right, the end of Dunkin' Egg because I'm not ready for that yet, right? Yeah, and literally, he's like, they're like, okay, well, like, ink, like, literally, it says ink fell on the paper and blotted it out. And they actually wanted to do like an ink blot on the thing, but then they were like, oh, we can't do that because. People th- might think it's actually a mistake or something or whatever. Right. Anyway, so it's like, hey, we're like, we're writing this like history, like this history book. And it's like going to be this big, gorgeous book. It's going to be like, you know, all these amazing pictures and it's all of this stuff. And like he's not even willing to give them some sort of vague answer. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, like he get well, yeah. he does. He gives a cryptic answer. Uh, right. I mean, but he doesn't he certainly doesn't give a vague answer. So if he's not willing to tell those guys who are writing this like book, that's going to like help promote your series and all of this stuff like. What do you think? I mean, how do we know that he I'm with you? I don't think he told them verbatim. I mean, one, it's like a meeting. You know, how can you tell him everything before you're close to finishing? And then, two, I think he was probably pretty vague. Well, and also he it is completely fine for him to be a
0: little bit selfish and say, you know what? I want I've given away some really awesome reveals to the TV show. I also I'm not going to give away every magical moment in my book series. I'm not. That's something that's personal to him. He's an author. He's well, he's
1: the right re- that that's hard, well, man. And, I don't, I don't, well, why, and, well, know? and keep this in mind too, right? Like he still probably thought, well, I'll finish before, and then we can, and then they can just go off of that. So I think there's. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, there's there's probably that too. There he actually thought he would finish even when they had that meeting right i mean he still probably thought he would he would get he would get it done and they'd be they'd be able to adapt you know some of that material and stuff
0: yeah 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 for sure so i don't know uh if you're not yeah if you're not following the twitter uh at btk cast uh you need to be uh if if you have a twitter uh, you don't need to be but bend the knee um and (laughs) we got some great polls going on over there and we're sharing youtube clips and what have you so Yeah, we'll kind of keep that rolling because um, I'm interested to see what people think. And it's going to help kind of guide us in some of our Winds of Winter
1: predictions and theories on YouTube. Absolutely. All right, guys. Well, hey, we want to thank you for playing Game of Thrones. In our next episode, we will be discussing Chapter 28, Bran 4 of A Clash of Kings.
0: If you like our podcast, don't forget to subscribe, like us, write a review, leave a comment, or send us a raven at btkcast at gmail.com.
1: We will see you in a week, and remember that winter is coming.